My parents met at USC. My family's gone to USC for four generations. And I would go like on these recruiting trips for a little bit or like somewhat be part of the process. And at one point we were touring UCLA and my dad's like, Hey, um, just so you know, I, I'm never going to wear powder blue and gold. And I was like, thanks dad. Really appreciate the free thinking here in support of my choice. And my grandma's like, I'll never root for another team in the pac 10. And I was like, another support of my free choice. This is great. <laughs> and so like, that was like my upbringing. I did choose USC. I'm very happy. I chose USC as I chose USC first year goes, like I go there playing soccer and I don't know about your guys' freshman year, but my freshman year, I was like, this is sick. And then I'm crying every week. I love it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. It's very emotional. Like you're on your own. You have to manage your own schedule. You have the, the, the food hall. You have friends. You have the sports. You have academics. Like it's just a lot going on, like very, very fun. But I would say like very like challenging to like take the responsibility when like you were with your family and now you're like not with your family. What's up, everybody? If you are a college football fan like me, if you know a college football fan that's in your life, you need to go cop this shirt. New designs dropping all the time. It's the perfect gift with the holiday season coming around. If you don't have this thing, you're missing out. Great material, great fabric. I wear it all the time. Go get yours today. What's up, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of the Eight Girls Podcast, where we're telling the stories of winning women. And today we have an incredible guest. We're so excited. It's kind of been me and Maddie just bouncing off each other for the last few weeks, but Today we have another guest, and it's Elizabeth Eddy. She plays for Angel City FC. Elizabeth, what's going on? Um, I'm just stoked to be here. I love what you guys are doing, and I can't wait to talk more and hear more about it. I love it. I love it. We're so excited to have you. Kind of, um, you know, we've been wanting more soccer players. We had um, Ali Schlegel, who plays for Chicago. Um, what's the Chicago team called? Red Stars. Red Stars, yeah. Um, and she was just the freaking best. And so we were like, we got to find another soccer girl. And then we found you. And you have plenty of hobbies that are so exciting and very intriguing. So we're excited to get into that. But with that being said, Elizabeth, give us, and more importantly, um, our listeners, like a little bit of a backstory on you and what you're all about. Um, okay, I'll try to keep it short and specific. Um, I grew up in California super rad family. My parents are awesome. My I'm oldest of four grew up playing like every sport possible. I think at five, my parents were like, great, you need to get out of the house, sign up for everything. And I was in like multiple sports every season, like a lot of growing up. And then I ended up going to a public high school, played a couple of sports there, made the youth national team, played for the U S in a U 17 world cup. And then that age group for soccer, like you start getting recruited in high school to make the youth national team, that age group is kind of like golden ticket. Like every kid's trying to get that scholarship. And then it's like, oh, you're on the U.S. team. And then it's like the stack was like this thick. Like, do you want to come? Oh, yeah, great. We'd love to have you. And like, I think it's like there was a letter from this college that I'd never heard of, like Slippery Rock University. And I was like, that's a real thing. Like Google, where is that? And then like all the way to like all these Ivy Leagues, like whatever you kind of want. And that was a really cool experience. But on the on the my personal side of it was like my parents met at USC. My family has gone to USC for four generations and I would go to like on these recruiting trips for a little bit or like somewhat be part of the process. And at one point we were touring UCLA and my dad's like, Hey, um, just so you know, I, I'm never going to wear powder blue and gold. And I was like, thanks dad. Really appreciate the free thinking here in support of my choice. And my grandma's like, I'll never root for another team in the pac 10. 
And I was like, another support of my free choice. This is great. (laughs) And so like, that was like my upbringing. I did choose USC. I'm very happy. I chose USC as I chose USC first year goes, like I go there playing soccer and I don't know about your guys' freshman year, but my freshman year, I was like, this is sick. And then I'm crying every week. I love it. I hate it. I love it. I hate it. It's very emotional. Like you're on your own. You have to manage your own schedule. You have the, the, the food hall. You have friends. You have the sports. You have academics. Like it's just a lot going on, like very, very fun. But I would say like very like challenging to like take the responsibility when like you were with your family and now you're like not with your family. And that was like a big growing phase. And after that, my soccer team, we didn't do great. And then the next three years, we also didn't do great. And every year, my friends at like Stanford, you say, hey, Liz, we have a full ride for you. Do you want to transfer? And I would every time say, hey, I'm emotionally unstable right now. Please stop asking me. I'm done talking to you if this is the top of conversation. And then like, and then I talk to my, I call my dad. Like at one point, like probably sophomore year, I'm like every week, like crying. Dad, like I want to transfer. What should I do? And he was like, okay, where do you want to be long-term? What are the types of people you want to meet? Okay, you want to meet in Southern California? Wow, it's USU. She's like, wait. Do you really want to go to UCLA? You're right. I don't want to go to UCLA. So that was like his process. But then then he would say like, you have two to four hours a day towards your sport. You have 20 to 22 hours every single day to make life sick. That's totally on you to be a crybaby and pout and like have a bad attitude. But like they're paying for your school, like find a way to enjoy it. So I think my sophomore year, I joined a sorority, junior year, walked on the lacrosse team, senior started grad school and then ended up getting drafted. And then I went to the team after my senior year and my lacrosse coach called and hey, we'll pay for grad school, come back for your fifth year. So like, because I like worked through, committed to sticking with the first commitment of like stay at USC, it made me grow a lot as a person and like become much more like well-rounded and holistic. And had I been at any other school and your soccer career is really successful in college, I would have not found all these other things I'm really interested in, passionate about and can't wait to do when soccer career is done. So like, I'm just really thankful that my parents, I'd say were like, hey, like honor your words, stick to your commit, follow through. like. And like, take it upon yourself, take the responsibility to make the experience what you want. So like, that was a really cool thing. And then, and been playing for the last nine years, yesterday, just signed a two year deal for Angel City for the next two years, like guaranteed. So I'm super stoked to like be hometown. And that's like kind of snapshot of, that was a lot longer than I said, but 10 minutes. No, that's no. And it leads in so well to so many things that I think we want to talk about. But first thing is a week ago, I did a podcast episode. It was just by myself. And I talked a little about the transfer portal and talked kind of the same exact thing that you said. I, when you commit to something and you tell someone you're going to do something and you you say you're going to do it, that's what you're supposed to do. And I think you're a really good testament to that. And I guess just like talk a little bit more about how hard it was to stick through that, but I guess how much it paid off in the end. It could yeah. have been so okay. easy for you to transfer and go somewhere else. Oh. Yeah, especially with like having played these national team, like every coach knows you and wants you, but it's like, what do you want to like, what do you want to be to yourself more important than like, it's almost like long-term success for a short term. Like, what do I want long, long, long term? And then be willing to like, I would almost call it eat dirt. Like eat dirt until you get there and grow the skills. Like, I'm sorry, it's going to suck deal. Like take it in the face. It's going to get better. But like, if you quit now, you will not grow that skill. And then then life will force you to like experience that failure of skill again. And you'll have to learn later down the line, like why not just suck it up now and do the work. So like, I would say choosing to stay at USC, I'm so thankful I did. Like I grew so much as a person. I met so many cool people. And to this day, like my best friends are probably my sorority sisters, which I loved because like they didn't care about my sport. And I like love sports. I love competing, being the best. And I'm like, I'm around that too much. I already bring much of, enough of that. Like my sorority sisters were like, if we get a three point or higher, like we study hard together and we party together and we dress up in cute costumes and we get to be a girl. And I'm like, yes. So that was like really cool. Like, I never would have thought that's what I wanted, but I needed that. And then like now, like, three of the girls, like I was in their weddings. They'll be my weddings. I'm like, wait, this is so cool. Like I found these people that like are so different than me, but had such like deeper core value similar. And like, that was, I'd say like the biggest thing is like life's about people. And like, you'll be surprised where you'll find some of your best friends. 
So and Elizabeth, had you sorry Z, um, had you not stayed there, you would have or you would have never met met your sorority girls either. Oh, I would have gone to school, been good at soccer. We would have won the championship. I would have gotten like much more success. Honestly, even now, had I made a different choice in college, I might have had more soccer success. But I still wouldn't trade that for like the way that I'm even like grown and thinking now. Like I've like been able to take many steps back while over playing for nine years pro and have such a more macro perspective of like life is like such a game. It can be fun if you want it to be, and you should almost convince yourself, yeah, there's hard things to do. This is easy, and like you're just going to do the work and like, it's just way better that way. If you think of it as fun versus like, Oh, I have all these challenges and it's such a long to-do list. And I don't like that attitude is like kill the vibe. And like, everyone's like, Oh, I'm overwhelmed. There's so much pressure, anxiety. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're thinking about it. You're doing nothing about the task. And wow, you've still done nothing. And it's been hours. Like I just, everyone's dealing with that. And I'm like, guys, I'm done. Like I'm done. Yeah. With like, let's just take some action. And then when you take action, you realize, Oh, it's not that, or, or it is really hard. Now I better find a mental game to play. Like, cool. Let's break it down to a smaller goal. The next 10 minutes, I'm going to like crush this part of X task I'm doing. Okay, good. I did it. On to the next one. Like just like using your brain as the tool it could be is like so much more freeing, I believe. <laughs> that is awesome. so good. We already got wisdom in here, Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I have to um, rewind a little another- bit because, sorry, man, but just to like lay this out for yeah. my brain and everyone else, you played soccer. You also played lacrosse. You were a student and you were in a sorority. Like- what did a day like in that year when you were doing all of that, what did a day in your life look like? Okay. That's a great question. So I started that my second semester junior year, I was living in the sorority house. My parents came to school and my parents are like, um, if you're familiar with Southern California, USC is like dance in LA. My family lives in Orange County, which like there's LA County and Orange County. And so we're like an hour from school. I never went home. I was like, I love USC. I love college. I love people. I'm going to go do cool stuff. I like wouldn't go. Was, like, the only times I'd go home was like, my mom's like command performance, family function, like, cool, I'll be there, do the thing. And then you go back to school because you want to be around your friends. But like my parents drove up and they sat down. We're in the living room at the sorority house, which is like stunning. It's like, the, the, my sorority was in Legally Blonde. Like it's like a movie. <laughs> so they come down, we're in like, we're in like the living room and they're like, okay, we're going to do scheduling. They get out a legal pad. We draw like a week map. And we're like, this is what your week's going to look like. It was like six to 10 a.m. soccer block. 10 to 2, class block. 2 to 4, 2 to 6, lacrosse block. 6 to 8, some more classes. And then like, you're needing to squeeze meals in and kind of like, and I would like, I couldn't really be late to sports, but like I could kind of be edge late to classes and I'd slide into the back of class. And my brain and personality towards school was like, I, I also used to like try to like do really well in school. Like in high school, I was like doing AP classes, trying to be all smart. And then I made the youth national team and missed my junior and senior missed three months of school. So my mom was like, you're done with APs. You're just passing class. You're going to college for sports. Like it's, it's just silly to ask for that type of responsibility for like what your goals are and where you're at. And I was like, wow, mom, you're really helping me. Thank you. Dropped all the APs, did my classes. So then in college, I was like, cool. If as long as I keep a 3.0 GPA, like that's fine. And kind of once you get to college, if you just show up and do the work, they're going to give you a 3.0, especially like my friends that went to Ivy's. They're like, yeah, you know, no one gets below 3.0. And I'm like, are you serious? Like you think they're hard. The hardest part's getting into all Ivy's just if anybody wants to know, like they're not that hard when you're there it's just everyone acts like they're hard and has prestige and i'm like no i know you guys like this is what it's like <laughs> this is like not you're so smart it's like okay there's all these people like intimidation by brand and i'm like get to know them they're humans too they also eat and they also go to the bathroom like it's fine right but, yeah, that, that like that was like a pretty serious block of scheduling but like to me also the sports are fun like i was at a point where like oh I, i'm enjoying the sport for fun where it wasn't so much like a 
this is a drag or a lot of like anxiety involved. It was like, great, can't wait to go. And then class was like less fun, but like I'm in the sorority and I would find like the really smart guy in my like math class that I was like probably struggling and be like, hey, do you want to come for like DG dinner and you can meet some of my girlfriends and like have free food and help me with the study guide? Like I was like, it's a very good at like understanding the system, making it make sense for a lot of people and having fun with it. That helped a lot. That's, That's awesome. so funny. <laughs> Like, yeah, hey, I know this guy knows the answer, so let's find yeah, a way to yeah. get my brain there because, like, I couldn't focus in class and I was probably talking and probably making friends. So, like, thank you. Yeah. For doing I was not. 100%. 100%. Um, so, talk through the decision to play lacrosse. That is mind boggling to me. We played, obviously, a Division One sport, and I honestly can't even fathom playing another sport on top of that. So, and you obviously didn't join till your sophomore year. So talk through that a little bit. So, okay, my junior year, um, I met this guy. He was a freshman, but same age as me. Like, you know, how boys like get held back like one, two, maybe more than two years to like mature and like become good at sports. So he had done that. So we're like same age, but like he's two years behind me. And we ended up like being really good friends. And he had come in to play football and baseball at USC. So he was like football scholarship, or baseball scholarship, football walk and was one of the quarterbacks and we're like becoming good friends. And I was like, you're playing two sports. I want to play two sports. And I had read this book growing up and it was about this kid who played multiple sports in college. And it was really cool. And it's totally like a fictional story, but I was like, I want to be just like that guy. I think his name was like chip. I don't even know the book titles, but like, I was really into this book, like all growing up. I was like, dang, like he's just like a solid Christian. He loves people. Well, he plays sports really well. He's just like a good person. And he just gets to like do all these cool things. Like I want to be like that. And so like, I was like, that was like my first inspiration. And then meeting this kid in college that has kind of doing that. I was like, Oh, I want to do that. And then it was between, I, like so my brother played water polo at USC and he's like a year behind me so like we're really close and my dad also played played water polo at USC so like I was very around water polo and like water sports growing up so I was like okay we're gonna play water polo and especially at USC like they won championships every single year I'm like I want to win like you soccer's not winning I want to win something like if it's another sport and I'm a serious bench player I'm fine with that but so it was between water polo basketball and lacrosse lacrosse was just starting basketball I'm like I'm for sure gonna be a practice player like I can pass and run and play really good defense like that's what my skills are. And I'm like going to work hard. Like, so, and there, all of those were not soccer, soccer was fall. Those ones were different like schedule, like spring or, or winter. And then lacrosse has just started up. And I think my sophomore year, and I'd seen like the girls they'd recruited a year early and seen the head coach around at campus. And I'd always be like, Hey, I want to play for you guys when you guys start. And I always kind of like talk like, Oh, I want to play. I played growing up. I had played like one weekend of girls lacrosse and I had played one year in seventh grade boys lacrosse with my brother. Like, in growing up but I've told them oh I played growing up so just the context like I was like I believe in myself but like I'm athletic like what, that, that's what I, I so yeah I'm saying this but like that's what was happening and like I my junior year is soccer's fall soccer ends I'm in the exit meeting with like the eight co- eight leadership and coaches for the soccer team and I'm like hey like I'd really like I'd reach out to the lacrosse coach she said that she'd love to have me but I need to talk to you guys what do you guys think I'm on scholarship for you. Will you let me in the spring play lacrosse instead of spring soccer? I think I'll really come back refreshed for soccer. I really don't want to basically be here because you guys are crazy. Didn't say that, but like, you know how like, I'm not trying to do the offseason sport. It sucks. But like, if I can find a way. So that was kind of what I was trying to like get at. And then all eight coaches, it'd be like, well, it's a new team. They might lose a lot. Are you sure you're going to be on a losing team? I'm like, yes, thank you. Well, you're either soccer captain or lacrosse player. And I'm like, okay. And then like all these other reasons. And then they're like, well, no. And I'm like, okay. And then I go into winter break. It's three weeks long to an, a week and a half in. I get a call and I'm at the doctor's office getting like my ankle worked on. And the soccer coach is like, Hey, just talk to lacrosse because you work the day you're playing lacrosse. You have to report in a week. And I was like, great. So like they like made some sort of deal again, lacrosse coach making a deal with my, I played lacrosse growing up. And I was like, well, here we go. 
rubber me through. I'm like, oh, yes. So I like get out there and they're like, here's your stick. And I'm like, great. And I'm like, am I catching and throwing? He's like, low. Like I am not a great lacrosse player, but I'm like super athletic and very, very competitive. And like the they basically were able to use me very well. And I don't know if you guys know lacrosse, but they have a position called like face guarding, which is basically man marking. So they're like, all right, Liz, you will guard their best player. And if you shut them down, we will win games. And I was like, Oh, I like when there's pressure. This is fun. Okay, I'm gonna figure out. So I'm out there like man, like face guarding, doing the whole thing. And we ended up like going from like startup program to like we're my fifth year, the third year of playing lacrosse. We were like top twenty in the country. And the coach for those three years, it was her first time coaching. I think she was 29 at the time starting. Had just won best friend in the world. She was on the U.S. lacrosse team, and she's like really, really good. And she's still there coaching at USC, and they have a great program now. So that was a really cool. And she was smart. She's like, this kid's really athletic. They're really connected to USC. They're going to be able to bring different perspective as an older player because our team is going to be pretty young. And she, I would say it was a good situation for everybody. Like, and they, they end up getting like 30 plus girls on a roster and you play like with 12 or 11. I don't remember, I remember the rules of lacrosse, but it was a great time. That's awesome. Wow. <laughs> you played a D1 sport for three years and you don't remember the rules. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and they also changed the rules, and I'm like, okay, guys, and it, yeah, and they did say they're like, hey, why don't you like focus on cross? You make the U.S. team, and I'm like, there's no league, like there's a soccer league that's doing yeah. okay at the time, but like starting and like the, lacrosse is cool, but like I like soccer a lot. I want to play on the U.S. soccer team. That's been my goal forever. Haven't made it, but like if my if you got to see the table, you got a chance. So I'm like, still playing. Yeah. So we'll see. Right. That is so cool. How much does soccer and lacrosse translate? Like, is there any overlap at all? Or is um, it too so sport? Generally, generally, what I would say is like America, I would say probably in America, women's sports. Okay, this is another macro perspective. America, women have had rights longer than every other country. Also, America happens to be a very, very wealthy and affluent country. So, and more like a generally free thinking. So like, parents want their kids to like be happy. So you get like a big country, lots of people. What's the sport that everyone can play a soccer. So most girls grow up playing soccer. And then the girls that probably don't make it in soccer pick up lacrosse at like 12, 13, 14. And then lacrosse, you can be really good at and not as athletic because you have really good hand-eye skills. Soccer, it's like you're running like miles a game. You got to be able to run fast. Then the skill of like running and moving the ball. And like, so soccer is like, I'd say my opinion, like much harder and much more complex. Lacrosse is also hard, but like very different and a little bit you're still running, but like when I do soccer fitness and then they'd show up to lacrosse, I'd be able to like crush the fitness test, like even, even easier than soccer. Hot take, mm. people will battle. At USC, lacrosse and soccer, like I wouldn't say we're friends. Like I was there and we're like kind of friends, but like there's some like beat out. Like, so it's just like the lacrosse people have an opinion that they don't like what I said, but that's okay. Right. Wow. <laughs> that's that's fascinating. That's cool. Lacrosse is very much uh like an east coast west coast thing yes, probably yes. a little bit in like florida and i don't know in texas maybe is he what do you think i don't know a single lacrosse player ever okay it's, it's like it's a younger growing sport and it, what's interesting is lacrosse is like a native american sport so like the original americans played really? it yeah so like america's like playing it more than every other country but then you look at soccer soccer is like the world sport like every we, we play internationally i'm like these germany has a style spain has a style, japan has a style america has like we work hard and we're tough and i'm like well unfortunately that did not work <laughs> last world cup but like so like you're just like wow like and then the other countries are starting to invest so we're like we've invested we just don't have like the style style of play um even like almost like flavor like we don't play like with like flair or like togetherness like these other countries are like playing this like beautiful high level complex coordinated plat like movement and we're over here like let's just go really hard and one-on-one -on -one. i'm like that's nice at moments you need that should be one piece of a large scheme but like that's a lot of soccer stuff sorry i get excited about it oh that's so cool that's awesome yeah. okay so you grew up in california 
you go to USC, you are now playing for Angel City. You're kind of like this hometown hero in a sense of where like you're playing now and there's people that have been watching you since you were in high school. How has that impacted your career? How does that feel? How, what does it look like on game days? What is um, it, I would it say hometown hero? That is like, I am fully aware that being like play, playing in your hometown as a professional athlete is like so rare. Like that never happens. And I'm like, God, thank you so much for this opportunity. It could not be something that's, it's like a, the sweetest gift I could get. Like, I'm like, thank you so much. Um, I, my second or th I think my third game on the team, I like got subbed in. I scored the game winning goal against the top ranked team. My family was in the stands and it was like the best moment of my entire career because my family doesn't, hasn't come into that many games. And my dad a year and a half ago had like a life threatening stroke and like has barely made it back. And is like, was in his wheelchair at the game. And he got a, like, I don't think we learned later. He couldn't play see the field from where we were sitting, but he heard the crowd like go crazy. And like, it was like just a really, really cool moment. And I was like, wow, like, I, like, all I have to say is like, thank you, God, because like, you can't script that. You can't even ask for it, but there's so many moving pieces that like, it's just like, not about me. Like there's so many things bigger than me, so many different agendas with a lot more authority. And it's like, if God wants to happen, he will orchestrate it, like trust that and enjoy the process. And like, that's, I would say what I've learned to do really well. And it's like, come full circle of like, God's like, yeah, just one step in front of it, open the door, you walk. And I'm like, on it, we're doing it. Don't make all these grand plans, like one day at a time. And I'm like, okay, we're there. Oh, yeah, oh my gosh, Elizabeth, that's such Z. That's a great question. Um, and I think it leads well into one of the other ones we had too. Um, we were kind of going through your Instagram and you had a pretty vulnerable post about, um, when you were, correct me if I'm wrong, too, if I get the details wrong, but you were with Houston, correct? Oh yeah. Yeah. And all of a sudden you <laughs> weren't with Houston. Yeah. Uh, and it sounded like from your post that you just remain so faithful. And those are the times when for us Christians, it's like, you're probably mad. You could, you could have been chosen to be mad at God. You could have been chosen to turn from God, but instead you, you looked at him and you said, Lord, I, I know you got plans bigger than my own. And clearly that's happened, but like talk us through that time. Cause I think that, um, being a professional athlete is unlike any career. That's the only career where that can happen. Um, so so just, just talk us through, you know, however, however you want to, but what that was like. Yeah. So I, this, at the beginning of like 2023, I was on contract with Houston, went to preseason. It was a new coach, a newer GM. And I like, I thought I had the best preseason of my career. I was like, I came in firing and they put me at forward. I score goals. So at midfield, I get assists. They put me at defense. I like stop, make stops. And I'm like, sick. I've done so well. And they call me in a meeting, the head coach and the GM. And they're like, so how do you think you've done? I was like, I think I've crushed it. And they're like, well, we think differently. And I was like, okay. And I kind of had like an idea, but I was like, I'm going to say what I think because this is actually what I think. And they're like, yeah, you know, we just feel like it's not really working out. So we're going to be cutting you. And I was like, okay. And then I was like, and, and it was, wasn't a really long conversation. I think what I did end up, I was really like proud of myself how I responded. Cause I also having played for a long time, I've like been able to like, see like, okay, head coaching is really, really hard. Not only are they picking like who's on the team, they're picking who's playing, which players they focus on. Not only is it that they're talking to the press, they're talking to the ownership, they're talking, like trying to build a fan base. Like there's a lot going on and I'm like very cognizant of like how difficult that is. And like, okay, I'm a player. So I'm in like this 20% of their time. And then I'm like, maybe not their favorite player. So I'm in like, you're just like, where, what's the realisticness and where am I at? And then with that perspective. So then my response was like, okay, that sounds great. Like, I would honestly want to just share with you guys, like your jobs are really hard and you've done a great job. Like, this is your first time ever had coaching. This is your first time ever being a GM. Like, I understand it's hard and like, I'm not happy with the decision, but like, you're the person that has to make it. You've made it. And like, when can I leave? And they were like, oh, wow. Like, that was pretty 
quick. I'm like, I mean, there's nothing else for me to say. Like you made your choices. And that's what I would also say to anybody in team sport is team sports is a game of opinions. And that head coach's opinion of you is what matters in their little world, which is what you've chosen to subject yourself to. If they don't like you, that's okay. Become aware of that. And I would say there's p- three pockets on every team sport team. There is the six or seven, at least in my sport, they're building the team around. Ba- volleyball might be like three or four. Then there's the bubble players. There's like three to five, seven bubble players. Then there's the people who you know you're not getting many reps or opportunity. And the biggest thing is like be aware of what bucket you fall in. And then if you're in it, then like honor the commitment you made, but then like be ready for the next opportunity and know what you want next time. And like, then if you happen to be in like the people they're building around, like enjoy it. That's great, great place to be. That's where you really want to be. But if you can't be there, like, that's okay. It's good for you to learn. Like I would say these human skills in these other two buckets. So like, I really had to be like, cool. I'm like, not, I'm off this team. Like, and then that, so then I said, okay, when can I leave? Like, wow. Okay. Um, you can have the doctor meetings this afternoon or tomorrow. So I got those done. And then they, I had to go back and ask something like 20 seconds after I left. And they're like, I think I said something along the lines of like, what's the next step? And they're like, well, maybe we should just hire you. And I was like, I'm not going to respond to that. That is not funny. I'm not in the mood to hear that. I'm going to le- see you later. Like I just like walked out again. And I was like, I am so the audacity I- I'm done. Like I just need to leave. So I packed my car and all the girls, like I really liked the team, but also like that's sports. You like have all these friends you do every day with them. And then it's like, you get cut, you're on to the next. And so then I like copped in the car, started driving from Houston, Texas to California. My sister happened to be in like Alta, Utah, like working at a ski resort and like she's really big skier. And she was like, hey, it's the first time you've ever been out of contract. Come up and ski with me. And I was like, great. And I have no plans. So I'm like, hang right, go straight up, like the, up towards Canada, like drive up to like Alta, Utah, skied with her. That was a crazy experience. I have not skied aggressively in nine years. I got carried away. I got to like, people were like, oh, you're kind of good. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of good. Like, you know how you're like, I'm going to be cautious. And then people gas you up and then you have no control anymore. And you're out there like doing stupid stuff. Like that was me. And I like made a, I had a crash and I was like, thankfully fine. And I was like, oh my gosh, my dad's coming out from a stroke. If I just hurt myself to be as needy as my dad, I will be so pissed at myself for how selfish that was. Like, I'm thank you God for saving me survive that drive home like a week and a half later. And then I was like, in those first three days driving to Houston, I was like, yeah, like whatever soccer's over. Like if God has new, I'm, I've always been wanting to do other things. Like this is my chance. And then after a couple of days driving, I was like, dang, I kind of want to play soccer. Well, like I have no options, but like, I, I know what I, I know what I want to do. And that's, I think a really great place to like, it's okay to have no idea. But then once you know, you're like, okay, like now I have direction and I have purpose. So then I'm like, should I even go skiing? Cause like, I don't have anybody on the, any like teams to go out to right now, but like, if I'm really serious about soccer, I shouldn't go, but I followed through some of my time with my sister came back and then I kind of just stuck to training and I was going like week by week, but like I was in preseason. So you're like gearing up for season. So you're at a certain point of fitness and like types of running. So I keep that up. And after two or three weeks of that, I'm getting like no phone calls and I'm like, well, at this point I better reblock and go down to like longer distance running and then phase up again. So then I'm like in this weird phase of running eight weeks and I get a call from the team in DC. He's like, Hey, come out. And I'm like, Okay. And they're like, yeah, we have an international break coming up for the world cup. We'd love for you to be there for six weeks. We need to come six weeks early to train. And the really cool thing with that team is their owner's name is Michelle Kang. And she's this billionaire business like boss. And she just bought majority ownership of the DC team. She just bought Leon in France. And she just bought a team in London for like the women's version of EPL there. And her goal is to buy like eight teams in the next like year or two. And she wants to have a global dominance in women's soccer and like raise the standards. Like this is what every other investor should be doing. So to get the chance to just be around that team for like the time I was, was really, really cool. And eye opening kind of like to where you're like, we're into women's sports. I'm like this woman, like study Michelle Kang. Like writer Michelle Kang, she started a company. I don't know what, somewhere in like tech and software. And I think she got a contract with the government. So like 
cash cow, like made a bunch of money. It's like, now I want to like make effect, affect things that I believe are important in the world, which is really cool. But then I, I go there for six weeks. I fly out like a day later after the guy calls me the GM and then I'm training. And the day they send the contract through in an email, I'm shopping at like the local grocery store, getting like my stuff for meals. And then I get a text from the GM at LA who I'd like known and been in contact with, but like nothing was an opportunity for there. She's like, Hey, do you have time to call me? And I was like, yeah, I'll call you in 30 minutes when I'm home. So in this shopping experience, I get an email of a contract and a text from the GM in LA, like for DC LA. And I'm like, shoot. So I go, man, DC has been really good to me, but I'm like, okay, I should follow through. I call the GM. She's like, Hey, we'd really love for you to come to LA. And I'm like, well, DC has been great. I'm here actually in DC, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, all right, well, like, and then I asked him questions like, oh, what's your game model? What's your shot play? Like, where do you see me fitting? Like, it's all about like the coach's opinion, like these team sports are. And then she's like, oh, have you talked to the interim head coach? Which backstory, who's our current head coach? But she had been my assistant coach in Gotham when I was playing in New York for a couple of years. She was there for like one of the years or a year and a half year. And so like the head coach that was at LA that had gotten fired and the assistant coach who's now the head coach and the goalie coach were all with me in Gotham and now they're all at LA. So they just hired, fired the head coach who apparently didn't rate me. The assistant coach become head coach and says, I want Liz. So then I get on the phone with her. And at the time, I like just started dating this guy, Rick, driving out to his place in D.C. And like for like a weekend trip. And I'm like, hey, I just met you. Sorry, I'm taking this call. I might be leaving in a day. And he's like, sick. Like, you're so not cool. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. This is just my life. And so then I'm like on the call. And like, he's like in the driver's seat. And I'm like, yeah, sorry. Just give me like 10 minutes. And I'm like taking the call. It like goes well. She's like, hey, I want you. This is a position. This is how I want style of play we're doing. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And before the call. I would remember her as an assistant coach. She would be running film and like stutter. And I was like, this girl can't lead a team. She gets on the phone with me a year and a half later. I'm like, I'm sold. So like, it was cool to see growth in a coach. And like, I think that sometimes, like sometimes you don't see that. And if you have the chance to be in it over time, you start to see it, which I was like, wow, like it's really cool to see a young coach, like putting the time, putting themselves in like compromising, challenging situations, rising to the challenge of getting better. And Becky's definitely done that. So that's been really cool to see. And so then she sold me. I spent two days praying talking to the boy, like, sorry, I don't really know. Be, like, I, it was like a complicated situation. I was praying, talking to my parents, talking to my family, and then end up, hey, like, hey, I'm going to sign with LA, called LA. They said, great, some paperwork over. Had to call the GM at Spirit and the head coach. So I tried to call both. The head coach answered, and I told him what was up, and he was like, I love that for you. It's a better opportunity long-term. You'll sign probably longer than six weeks. That's great. Have you told the GM? And he was like, I was like, no. And he's like, okay, he won't be as understanding as I will be. This is your game plan. So then he kind of helped me like how to have that conversation with the GM. Then I had the conversation with the GM. He was, I had to repeat myself three times. This man was like, wait, I couldn't hear him inside. What'd you say? I say it again. Yeah, sorry. I didn't hear. Let me go outside. Go outside. And I saw the third time. He's like, all right. um, All right. Good luck. Bye. And I was like, Bye. Thank you for everything. So like, it, it's just unfortunate. Cause like you're a commodity in the pro sports world and he, and their team had so much the way Michelle King ran it. They had so much money and resources. Like we're going to be ahead of the game. They almost got bit in the butt for being so far ahead of the game as a pro team that they're going to bring me out six weeks early, put all this time and money into me. And then I leave because like they didn't sign me at the time and I was under no contract. So then it's like, well, the other team was so last minute it worked out for them. So that's like another piece of like, it's all this growing. Every team has a different business practices. So that was really interesting to be like really in the middle of it. And I like really felt bad about it, but I was like, I still have to do what's best for my career. And then when I do make the commitment and I sign a contract, then I'm like in and I have to honor that. So like, then I was at LA for like six weeks. Then I did well, they're like, we'll extend it for the rest of the year. And then we just negotiated and like, cool, we're signing for two more years. And I was like, sick, what better place to end my career? Like if my career ends, which I'm like, I've enjoyed it. I should be your 10. We'll see. I want to be in Southern California. I'd like to pursue like probably surfing competitively and sailing competitively. So I'm like, I want to be in SoCal. Now I get to like be where I'm be, enjoy soccer, do the best I can at it, and then move to the next careers that I'm interested in. That is such a cool story, Liz. Um, 
Wow. I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind too is with your dad um, having the stroke too, what a blessing that you are now there, right? Like that was obviously an unforeseen circumstance, but what a blessing. It was like the coolest thing. I was like, again, like I, God, you couldn't have read a better script. Like I get to be home and help my dad. Like once a week we have a day off usually. And so I'll drive home and we're working on like just hand movement, keep the reins. We're working on walking. Like his left side's not really responsive, but we're slowly getting there. And like, he's, he's doing amazing, but it's like pretty gnarly. The neuro stuff where like they're learning if he uses his tongue better, his left thumb starts coming back more. And I'm like, I didn't know the thumb and the tongue were connected, but here we go. So it's just been a really cool, we're learning about life and it's really hard, but he's a trooper. He's got such an attitude, great attitude. My mom and him like laugh every day and they play and they like are actually like wrestling through this sucky situation and like in love. And I'm like, how? Like, I want to be like you, like, Hey, we're the guys that are like my mom and dad, like, like my dad, we have this great marriage. Like, this is so cool. Oh my gosh. And Liz, the part I was cracking up is that you called the a grown man a boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this boy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that happens sometimes too. I'm like, yeah, you're acting like a boy. Like, it's like, maybe I'm actually a girl. This is great. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I love it. Um, so let's keep talking about pro soccer. Um, obviously, Z's like in, yeah, in the mix. We talked about, yeah, we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, but, um, you know, with pro volleyball just starting in the U.S., we're starting Z. I guess is starting to see like what the intricacies of professional sports, and like you said, and I think this is probably common for most careers, especially when you're just starting. Is you are a commodity until you're until you prove that you're not. Um, and so, talk about where obviously women's soccer is has exploded in the U.S. Um, where, what do you think is the tra- trajectory of that, um, and how do you think that it can kind of get there? Maybe say in like ten to twenty years. Uh, okay, hot take. I think women's soccer is going to be the biggest sport in the world in twenty years. The reasons why is because. We're just like, think of like a startup company where you're 10, we're just starting to get traction and now there's money going into it. And the crazy thing is, is half the people in the world are women. They want to see somebody that's doing the thing that they could maybe do. And then women are a lot more like, I would say well-rounded personalities and are willing to share that where guys have this like kind of shut up and do your thing vibe, which I think there's moments that that is very important in sports, like do that. But I also think girls are a little bit more like open to share who they are, what they're about. And with that just allows like an insane amount of marketability, which like men's sports have never had. Um, But I think it'll be interesting. And a lot of it will turn into like the league leadership and then player decision-making on how they go about like building their brands. And I think that's like the world's changing now. Brands are like a thing. Like that didn't used to be a thing in the past. Like you had no social media. I don't know what ten years ago. So like the the games changed, and I think one really cool thing about the way the games change is it like the internet has like flattened the barrier to entry. Anyone can become anything with learning skills online because now you have like connection to everyone. There's definitely drawbacks. Everybody personally experiences that with like you kind of get too much time on your phone. You're like eyes might hurt. Like there's like definitely like a huge like slew of like depression, anxiety, comparison stuff. That's really definitely something that we have to deal with. But what I would say is like, again, technology is like a vehicle that exposes the human heart. And then if you can learn to manage it well, it's just a great tool. If you can't manage it well, stay off it until you like grow enough to manage it well. But like, I would just say women's sports, women's soccer specifically, I think it'll be the biggest sport in the world in 20 years. Yeah. And you like your teammate, Alyssa Thompson, she's what, 18. And she's the first ever drafted out of high school. There's someone yesterday, a couple days ago that uh, signed for 1.4 million. Like that doesn't happen yeah. for women's sports hardly ever. I, it can't happen in WNBA where you can get drafted out of high school. 
doesn't happen for volleyball or anything else. And that's really cool to see it take off like that and people sign for that much money. No, it's insane. The girl that just signed for 1.4 or 5 million, I played with her at Houston the last year and a half and her, and she's a phenomenal player, but it's like, okay, like now the game's changed. Like you have, like you, and I would even just tell players, like figure out who you want to be to the public, the new public square, which is online. And like, you don't need to share everything, but just learn what parts about yourself you do want to share and then share them and like learn to storytell and enjoy that process. Cause like your play matters, but like, I'm sorry. It is not cut and dry. Politics matter. If you can get people in the stands, get people in the seats, like sell jerseys, like that's part of the game. Like be like call a spade a spade. If that's what it is, that's what it is. And then like act accordingly. Don't, in my opinion, don't ever put your like brand above your product, like hone your craft, always hone your craft. But that doesn't mean you can't also have a product or like a brand. So like, I just think I would say like you like can and should take advantage of the opportunity you have when you're young enough to play a sport at a professional level. Or college level, even then, like nowadays with NAI deals, like college is pros. Yeah. Yeah. We were just talking about that. Literally, Z and I had an episode and we, Z, actually it was Z's sole episode. And she's like talking about how college sports aren't really amateur anymore at this point. You you have the opportunity to, to be a professional and it's not even an opportunity. You have the responsibility to be a professional too. Yes. I think that's what I think. Do you, I guess it'd be really your perspective. Do you think it's an opportunity? Do you think it's a responsibility? And mm-hmm. that's a person. Like you can say, I don't want that responsibility. I just want to like be really great in my craft. And that's like respectable. You also, because it's not, because it's not about merit, it's merit. And therefore, if you didn't take it as a responsibility, you might lose out. And that's sad because I, as like a, to some degree purist, I'm like, dang, this sucks. But I'm also like, my opinion is not affecting culture at large. So like be a part of it. The only way to change culture is to be a part of it and like rise to the top and then you can create an alternative. But like, that's the only way to fix it, in my opinion. That's so good. That is so good, Liz. Um, another thing that when you were talking made me think about um, is, you know, when we were growing up and obviously you're even a little bit older than us, being a professional who could make a professional athlete who could make $1.4 million wasn't even a thought that would cross our mind. Yeah. Never. You know what I mean? That would never, we just played the sports that we played because we, we loved playing sports and because our parents were like, get out of the house. Like, yeah, like <laughs> you need to bye. <laughs> yeah. But it wasn't, you know, a lot of boys grow up and you ask them what they want to be and they want to be in the NBA. They want to be in the NFL. That was never a dream that a lot of us could even have, but that's changing like in real time. How exciting is that? Uh, That's, I would say it's super exciting. And there's probably that's like, dang, I'm 10 years too old. (laughs) There's a part that I'm like, dang, like, cause the team sports, I think there was a ton of opportunity. And I'm like, like, I would say I'm like, okay, I haven't, I'm playing and I'm playing, in my opinion, I'm playing well and continue to get better. But like, there's a part of sport that like, if if other people don't like give you the opportunity, you haven't gotten there yet. Like kind of like, that's okay. But like know where you're at and own it. So I'm like, okay, like I know where I'm at. I'm going to enjoy it and make the most of it that I can. But at the same time, I'm not like, like you, you can't like, if you, you are where you are kind of thing, I can't go back and change it. But like, I would say for like everybody moving forward, I'm like, now it's like even more is on the line. There's more money, more pressure, more opportunity, more if you were responsibility. And then it's up to like, what do you actually want? Like it's hard. Life's hard. Every single thing you choose is going to be hard. A regular career is hard. Being a mom's hard. Playing a sport's hard. Like whatever you want to do, it's going to be hard. But like I would say, like choose your hard kind of thing. Yeah, I love that. I think, and I think the key word there is like choice and everything. Love sports. Everything is a choice. Like every single day, it's not just something that just happens because 
you want to do it or because you love that person. Like it's work every single day. And so I love the, the choice word that you're saying there. Um, switching gears a little bit, you've obviously bounced around cities and teams and have played a lot of different places and with a lot of different people. And you're also really uh, intentional about your faith. What does it look like for you moving around so much, so much trying to create ministry like where you're at? And you're in Houston for these many weeks and you're in L.A. for these many, this many weeks and you're in D.C. for a short amount of time. What does it look like to impact those people in that way as you're bouncing around so often? That's a really good question. I would say um, kind of like the comment you made earlier about like choice is like really powerful. But like I would even like take a step further back and be like, OK, if God didn't make us. And like, he gives us like, I want his, like, I want to love you and I want you to love me. Like, that's kind of what he asks of us. And he's like, I want you to experience love. Like the only way you can experience love is by a choice, whether you have to have the chance to choose something different, where I feel like it's like every day I want to like keep learning. Like, what does God mean by that? What is the Bible saying? Like, so like, I try to like listen and read the Bible every day. I use the Bible app and I go like on a year plan and I just click audio, listen, and I'm like, let's just shove truth in here. Some days I'm focused. Some days I'm like, just doing it. But I'm like, at the end of the day, what you put in will come out. So like, if I just keep that discipline going, like it's going to keep shaping me and forming me, especially because in the world that I'm in specifically women's soccer in America has like done a pretty, I would say good job of getting pretty involved in social and political issues, which is hard. Cause I personally think it's best for sports to be like, we're here for the excellentness of that sport and the merit of it. And if you do that, then you can create the space where there's multiple different opinions on all sides of social political issues, which I think is best. Our leagues then like a really kind of gone one direction, which is really hard. Cause then if you're in an environment that you're like, Oh, I don't fully want to do everything I'm being told to do. You're like, how do you rec reckon that and wrestle with that? And it's a lot of like, okay, like I really, again, back to choice and free will, like I respect other people's free will and like being able to be like, I totally love that you're exercising your free will. And in my free will, I'm not going to do this. And this is why. And like those conversations, unfortunately you kind of have to have at times. And I don't think it's really fair to be forced to a binary decision. But at the end of the day, it's like, I'm so happy we're in a country that people get the choice to choose what they want. Like, that's so, so valuable. And I want to continue, like, I would say, like, protecting that. And then with that, it's like, you have responsibility for the choices you make. Like, you live with them. And over time, those choices, you'll get the response from them. And then you're like, wait, I can change. And that's a really cool thing is, like, every day you can grow more. And so I'm just like, all right, like, I'm going to try to, like, pray and be in the word. And then be like, I feel like the goal is, like, if I can stay close enough with the Holy Spirit and let the Holy Spirit, like, guide me and, like, what to do. Because, like, I have my lens. I have my, like, awareness. I have the people I talk to. But, like, that is such a finite, narrow perspective. It's, like, God, show me what I don't see and just guide me. If it's the time, like, let me know I'll step. If it's not, like, let me hold. And, like, that's what I feel like is, like, trying to, like, keep that feedback loop tight and small and, like, stay close to, like, Jesus and, like, abiding in the word and, like, making time and space for that. And then I'd say the biggest thing for me has been, like, having friendships and even, like, my parents and, like, relationships I've had really close is, like, at least having like weekly calls and catch ups of like how, like just doing life. Like that's kind of what it really is, is like doing life people from the same worldview to like help you, like what is true? Like, this is what I'm struggling with. Like what lie am I believing and how do we go back and like rewire that to like, what's the Bible actually say? So that's been like a, that's like a very long, slow journey. But like, I feel like the cool thing is in women's soccer, like you, it is public. You are out there and you are walking the line and you're like, I'm going to be held accountable and I'm going to do my best and I will make mistakes and then I will try again the next day. And like, that is it. So it's just really raw. That's so good, Liz. That's so good. And it's, it's something that like our, our faiths are so personal to us and um, the way that we walk in our faith, I think evolves, right? We go through seasons where it's tougher and you're not, you're listening to the word and you're soaking in the truth, but you're not 
comprehending it sometimes. And sometimes you just feel like you could recite that whole thing front to back. It's just like, you know, it just, it it really does go in season. So I know that Z and I can both, both relate to, to your experience. And there's a part that sometimes I'm like, I'm reading the Bible and I'm like, but how does it look today? Like how am I supposed to live that out? And I think that's where it gets unique. But I also think it's like, if people are really trying to follow God, but they also come from their unique background and worldview, then it's like God probably is going to call each of you to handle the situation differently because you're a unique person with your own background, but then like have the courage to like hold the half space and like bl- like mend and build those relationships that like culture is trying to tell you are broken. Like we can do it and we can do it together. So it's kind of just this like, God, give me the strength to like be available and be vulnerable and open and like work through it with like peers that play my sport from different backgrounds. And like, that's been like, very hard but also like so like i feel like that's what we're supposed to do like that's what like that's the moment that's the chance like eat dirt a little bit like this is another one of those opportunities like grow like it's not about you it's about like uh, ushering god's kingdom and like what role do you play like sometimes you're just like the toilet roll sometimes like you're the hero like you get to do different roles but like enjoy the one that's in front of you yeah, that's funny. That's good. Um, speaking of uh, the vulnerability piece, um, Z and I were talking before, and I think it's really cool how you've crafted your brand on social media because you are pretty vulnerable on social media. And that's not something like everyone's comfortable with. Um, and some people are and some people aren't. So ha- do you generally consider yourself like a pretty vulnerable person in, in like your personal relationships? Um, or is that kind of something that you've had to work on over time? I would say that I'm pretty open or I try to be. And I, I, yeah, I would say I got in trouble quite a bit for like, just like being what I'm about or like my face showing what I thought. Like, so I definitely like have worked to like manage it. And I would even say with social media, I'm really like, like my, I used to like do funny videos and stuff and like my, like, Oh, I'm at home. I'll video my sibling. My brothers and my sister are like, I never want to be in any social media. I'm like, cool. Like that's kind of what I really like if people like like what what about your life do you want to share publicly and i'm like i love my family and i love spending time with them those relationships and to me i'd rather have really good relationships with them than at all like do something for the public because it's like okay protect what you like really care about and then for business really he's like what do you want to share and how do you want to share it and i'm like i actually just i've been since playing nine years i've like spent a lot of time like thinking like what moves the needle the most as an athlete specifically in a team sport and like what i've come to find is it's decision making and specifically, it's like learning when to do what. So in your game, you're like actually playing and then a moment shows up with a specific like scheme. And then like, do I have the technical skill, like the what to pull out and match that moment? And the faster that feedback loop is, the better player you are. And like, not every player is the same. Like, specifically soccer, like I'm like smaller, fast, strong. There's other girls that are like really tall, like not as strong and like slower, but like those are their skills. These are my skills in that moment. Which skills should I pull out to beat them? and vice versa. So like learning the feedback loop and learning decision-making has been like the biggest thing for me. That's like increased my game and allowed me to keep playing for nine and like going on 10 and 11 years. So like I've built like a tool that helps athletes basically learn that and then basically get them like really mentally strong, but like in a simple calm way so that they can like enjoy their sport the best they can and learn where to put their expectations and where not to. And I like just like am slowly like, like bringing onboarding people of like, try it out. Let me know what you think. And so like, I'm super stoked about that, but it's like, I'll do like a weekly call with younger athletes. They'll use this mindset tool and then slowly be able to like, I'd say like master their like craft as an athlete and like, say they're like younger, or even if they're like in college age, it's like, okay, your goal is for, I want to play three more years, five more years. And this is the end goal. Cool. How do we work backwards and look at my game? And then how do I systematically add new skills to it? 
and then hone in on the ones that matter. And then slowly it's like, okay, like this, I do this thing where I like watch film a very specific way. And as you watch, as I watch it, it kind of builds out a game model in my head. Cause like I didn't grow up in a soccer culture. So like, I didn't watch soccer growing up, but like, now I'm like, cool. How do I like, kind of like speed up my learning since I never had that where like other peers from all over the world are like, yeah, that's like what we do. And I'm like, we don't, we go in the ocean. We like go lobster diving and spearfishing and surfing and sailing. Like we don't do sports. Like traditionally like, my family's like pro sports are so selfish. And I'm like, okay, great. And my brothers are like, our job in life is to keep you humble. And I'm like, wow, what a great thing. I I need it. I think it's good for me, but like, wow, this is humbling. I'm humbled at home. So like, it's just, a, I have a different worldview towards it when I enter the pro sports realm. But like, because of that, I'm like, cool, but I still love the sport and I want to like optimize for performance. So I've kind of built this thing of like, how do you like get there? And like, it's been a really cool journey and I can't wait to start sharing with other athletes. So like, let me help you like move the needle 70 degrees where you get way better versus like a little faster, a little stronger. But it's like, no, like you need to learn when to do whatever skills you have. And that's what I'm super stoked about right now. Really quick before, before my next question, you should plug, plug that, that program and what's it called and where people can find it. I will. It's uh, called Swaz Athlete and it's online, swazathlete.com. There's a whole like explanation on the landing page. If you want to join, you join. It's a weekly call with me and we'll go over stuff. And like, basically this is a way to think about sports, take ownership of your career and kind of build out your like athletic vision for your life and then systematically build it, work at it. But yeah, swazathlete.com. Check it out. We'd love to see you guys on our weekly calls Sundays at four. There we go. That's awesome. I love that. And kind of going off mental health and all that kind of stuff, you're currently injured, right? And I'm not going to say you're injured because I'm not oh, sure what it is. Yeah, it sucks. I am, but I'm almost good. Good. Okay. Well, I was thinking as I was reading through this and seeing your Instagram, you're in this cast and I've been injured a couple of times and had to sit out for a while. And I think one thing that happens when you're injured and watching from the sidelines is you kind of see things differently and watch the game from a different view. What does that look like for you at this time? And like, what have you learned that you haven't really learned before? Um, that's a really good question. I would say injury wise, it's a, it's like twofold. It's a really cool opportunity to see the game differently. And like, you can kind of almost realize some things that like, maybe you were like, that would have made you frustrated. That's like, wait, now that I'm watching and watching my teammate do the same thing I would do when the coach does this, wait, we're all misunderstanding. This isn't helpful to act in this way. Like, so that I would say would be really helpful just for like having realistic expectations and then learning to like play your hand well and manage it better. And then I'd also say it's a really cool opportunity to like, find other things in life that you're interested in because like you do your thing you do your pt but like you're on like a six week 12 week six month schedule nine month schedule recovery you just gotta like ride the wave and on that wave it's like wait you actually have the margin to like meet other people try other hobbies and like that i think is so important for athletes to do because i think you guys said at the beginning like we're more than just athletes like i could not believe that more and agree with you guys on that concept because i'm like we everyone you could almost argue everyone's an athlete. Like everyone needs to move their body to be healthy. And to some degree, that's an athletic-ish fashion. Hopefully more athletic, the more you like get coordinated and whatnot. And then so much genetics. But I'm like, you're so much more. You're so many other gifts and talents. Like I really believe God designed people with so many things they could become amazing at. But so often life only like shows you that these are valuable in this culture or in this society. And it's like, well, that's fine. But like test and see what you love. Like see what makes you come alive and like, spend the time when you're injured of like, yes, do the best you can at your PT and your sleep and your eating and stuff. But like, there's many hours in every day that you could still do other things. So like, go try whatever that is. Well, speaking of riding the wave, that could, that was like a alley-oop for a, a toss into the next one. You have to tell us about your surfing. And also, um, this is not related, kind of related, lobster fishing. Like, okay. What? You just have to talk us through like the whole, the, the, both of those things. Okay. So, okay, so 
I went to a Christian middle school and then into ninth grade and then I transferred to Newport Harbor High School, which is a great high school in Orange County. And they had a surf team and I like grew up surfing and I was like, oh, and okay. Also a little bit more backstory in middle school, I was going from sixth to seventh grade. My brother was going from fourth to fifth grade. My brother was like failing his uh, English exams. And my mom was like, you're not learning these, pub these elementary school education system is very poor. I'm a teacher. I'm in homeschool you. So to catch you, get you caught up. And I was like, I'm scared of middle school, like homeschool me too, mom. And I'm going to be a pro surfer. So like I get homeschooled beginning of middle school. I wake up at 6am, finish my work by 8am. Like mom, draw me for the beach, pick me up at two. I'm going to surf for six hours. I'm going to be pro like, come on. And so I would do what I thought this plan was going to work. Like cool, drop me off. And she's like, well, that's kind of dangerous. And your brother's asleep and your two younger siblings are still also asleep, but here's a little laundry. And I was like, send me back to school. I lasted three months homeschooling. I was like, I'm done with this. But I always love surfing. And honestly, I'd probably say I love surfing more than anything else in the world. So like, I, I've always like been most interested in surfing, but it's like in the season of life, you're playing soccer and do what's in front of you. And I'd have to like take away surf lines, like the surfing, like I would say forecasting. And I used to have it as my homepage. I'd like delete it, delete the app. I can't look at it. Like I'm going to get like upset if it's like really good ways that day and I can't go. So like, I'm like starting to get back into surfing. Cause I'm like, Oh, I'm going to be in SoCal. Like this is sick. Like every day I can surf after training. Like this is going to be so cool. So that's like another thing I'm excited for, but I ended up joining high school surf team my sophomore year when I transferred to Newport Harbor. And then I ended up being on JV. So the way girls, girls on the surf team work, there's four spots two varsity two JV and the two girls that were varsity ahead of me are like now pro surfers um but I was like number one JV slot and then I ended up winning state so I was like state champion of California for surfing and the trophy was like literally to my reputation I was like this is the biggest trophy I've ever gotten like this is so sick and so at that time um I had played high school basketball a little bit too and one of the family friends on the team or the school's dad was taking photos and he had a, happened to be also a, a, the world champion of surfing, won the Hawaii contest in pipeline, like back in the day. And he was like coaching like USA surf team, England surf team. And he was like, Hey Liz, when you're done with pro soccer, save up 20 grand in two years and come talk to you on the world tour. And I was like, great. So then when I'm cut from Houston, I'm home for eight weeks. I'm like week one, I like show up to his church because he's a pastor. I'm like, Hey Joey, like, I think now might be the time. He's like, Oh really? Like you want to surf now? I'm like, I mean, let's talk about it. So he like pulls up the list. Like this is the system. This is the plan. This is the path. And it's like, okay, really cool. And then like, I still wanted to play soccer. So like, I would love to start surfing again competitively. Then definitely like while I'm playing soccer, I I've learned that I like very much like keep the main thing, the main thing and enjoy surfing more of like an off day thing, like once a week, like it may be other days if you have the energy or it makes sense, but generally once a week and like, just enjoy it and get like, get like the rhythm back. Cause it's very much like a skill and style sport. And you just kind of got to like, touch up on the skills so like i love surfing a ton i would love to compete again and it's been a very long time it's like since high school like 20 years ago that's okay, incredible surfing. surfing is like yeah. one thing that i like can't really comprehend like you're taking it's this board and your body weight and you're floating it on water i can't float on water myself like if i was in a kiddie pool like i can't float Let alone, like, saying, yeah. a 30 pound surfboard with me <laughs> well i will say so the one thing I love about surfing and I also really, really love sailing for similar reason is because it's like you and nature and then it's like the ocean, which has like current, like temperature, tide, wind, like there's a lot of moving factors. So it almost turns into like math, physics and engineering. And I'm yeah. like kind of a nerd. So I'm like, ooh, let's like put a little algorithm in my head and like start calculating. And so I kind of just like play this game like, ooh, like because it's, it's never boring because it's always pretty dynamic. So that's like what makes surfing like always fun. And then like lately, like the last year and a half, I've started lobster diving. This is kind of interesting. So you only go at night because lobsters are nocturnal. So they're like out and about at night. I tried to do like last week with my brother and his girlfriend and my sister. And me and the girlfriend are like out there trying to, we kind of see them, but they're like deep in the crevices of the rocks and like 
we, they, you start to go and they see you and they like dart away. So we're going to go, I think this weekend, but basically you get on a full dive kit, like this much of your face shows you got a snorkel. On. I have like a pink snorkel mask and a pink weight belt. Cause I'm like, guys, I'm a girl. I know most guys do this, but like, I'm a girl. I'm out here. And then you have like a weight belt and my fins are literally to my rib cage. They're like two and a half, three feet long. And then you have a flashlight and you have gloves. And then on the dive belt, you have like a bag. And so you basically like are like going along the surface with your flashlight and then you see one and then you like take a big breath and then you pull up the snorkel and you dive down and like every seven feet's a new atmosphere. So you have to like pinch your nose and clear your ears. And then you try, like, usually I try to like put the flashlight just off the lobster because if they see the light for too long, they like know they're spotted. So then you go off there and then, and then you kind of like get close and then you like have to like snatch them, like grab them. And then you like stuff them in the bag. I'm very novice. So like I'm snatching at them. I'm an antenna's gone, a leg's gone. And I'm like, okay, like now I'm maining a lobster. Like, sorry, everyone. And then there's like, you have to carry like a little measuring thing. So like if the lobster, like it's basically from like their head to their like kind of core, if that's not long enough, you like toss them back. And there's only like a, the winter season. So it's like when they're like mating and breeding, like you don't get them. So like, there's a lot of like, I'd say safety precautions for like the environment, but then we'll catch them and like you're allowed to get seven a night and then we'll come back. And we'll like make like lobster eggs for breakfast, have like lobster and steak or make lobster bisque. Like it's like you, the full circle of like going in nature, getting something and then be able to eat it is like probably the most empowering experience I've ever had in my life. Like you guys should try it. If it's hunting, it's lobster, like anything where you're like, or foraging, like where you can eat what you get in nature. Like that's so cool. Uh, no wonder lobster is so expensive. It takes like a whole process. <laughs> and they do have pots, but like, I'm like, okay, that's like so lame. Like, let's just be athletic about it. Like, come on. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty okay. funny. Well, I have one more question before we have our big last question. But on your story, literally today, you were somewhere watching Justin Bieber play basketball. <laughs> and then I was thinking about it and I was like, this chick has lived in California. Sorry, I mean, white chick. She's lived in California for Let's like go. all of these friends. years. <laughs> you live in LA, you're doing all these things. You're a professional athlete. I'm like, she has to have met some crazy celebrities. So who is the like celebrity you've met where you're like, oh, I'm starstruck right now? Oh, that's a great question. Generally, I'm not starstruck because I, I think how I was raised, my parents are like anti, like, like a human's a human, like no one's better or worse. Like my parents were super big on that growing up. So you're like, whatever. And I would say like, okay, this is kind of funny. My college boyfriend, the one actually who played two sports, we dated like a bit through college. Our first like date, he was like, Hey, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm just hanging out doing homework. He's like, okay, I'm gonna pick you up in 30 minutes, wear a gown and heels and wearing a tux. And I'm like, where are we going? He's like, we're sneaking into like, what was it? Like, I think that first time was like the SAG awards. And then we ended up sneaking to like the Oscars, the Grammys, the Golden Globes, like everything. So we like sneak in, like he's like Mr. Sneak in. And I'm over here like, oh my gosh, I'm a bad person. I'm stealing experience. And he's like, come on, it's gonna be fun. Like suck it up, don't be a baby. I'm like, okay, okay, like play the game. So you like kind of like a role play, like I deserve to be here vibe. And you like wear a face, like you just gotta look the part and act a certain way. They let you wherever you wanna go. So then we're in and, and I'm again, cause I was raised not to be like really that impressed by anybody, like a human to human, like find what like, seek to understand why God made them valuable and like enjoy that and help them find that like that's like usually the goal of people that my parents taught me and so we're in there and he's all like who do we talk to and I'm nervous and I was like oh my gosh like it's gonna be fine so then I'd be like okay let's pray and me and him would be like all right dear God please direct us to the right people you want us to meet and then we'd open our eyes and then talk to the first person we saw and like that first night we met somebody who was like a producer and a director and like one of the investors Fast forward, the guy's like, come to my house in Beverly Hills. Like, you're a football player. Train my son to be a quarterback. Oh, you are you can just catch balls, and we'll pay you exorbitant amounts of money to, like, train my kid. I was like, I'm on scholarship. I'm taking nothing. He did whatever he wanted, like, and I won't name him, so whatever. But, like, it was, like, very much you got kind of in this crowd where you're like, I, and I'm over here, like, I don't really care. I'm not that into it, but, like, it's kind of fun. Like, 
it's like, wow, like there's so many weird levels socially that people are into. Like, I don't really care about it, but like I'll play a game. And so then we like went to all these things. And like with that, like the only person I ever was scared to talk to, which is so funny, since surfing is my favorite thing in the world, there's a surfer who had was like the best girl surfer at the time. Her name's Steph Gilmore. She won like five world titles and we were at the SBs. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's Steph Gilmore. And the guy I was dating was like, oh my gosh, go talk to her. I was like, oh. No. And that was the first time in my life I've ever said no to meeting somebody. And like, I would like, man, I'm like, oh, I should have probably just done it. But I also was like, I don't know. So I, that was the one time I like turned down an opportunity to like meet somebody cool. Um, but then I did meet Justin Bieber that night when at the, the league. And like one of my guys that trains me, he's friends with Dom, who's like the owns that like building. And he like is the sous surgeon guy. And so Sam's my guy that trains me and he like takes me like whatever, showing me all like the backstage stuff. And like, I'm on crutches in my boot. And then like Sam's like, we're like walking through a hallway. Now I'm blocking the hallway and this really tall guy walks up and Sam like yells back. He's like, yo, Ron, that's Liz. You got to meet Liz. She plays pro. So we do the whole like thing, like dab up. I'm like, oh my gosh, she's like, hey, like blocking. Sorry, Ron. And this next guy behind him is like all skinny, like hood on, scrawny looking. And I'm like this, I like look up. Hey, nice to see you. Nice to see you too. Oh my gosh, that was Justin Bieber. Like touch right out of it. And I was like, this is crazy. And then we go watch him play basketball and then he's playing. And then I don't know how after he's made that basket, this man hustles back on defense and he's trying to play defense. And I'm like every other player at that like game scores and is like, I'm the best. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this kid just wants to be one of the boys. Like it was the sweetest, most human thing I've seen from anybody that like people like look up to like fame wise. And I'm like, further to my parents' point, humans are humans. They just want to be seen as a human. Like this is cool. He's just trying to play D. He's just trying to play D. I got a point guard. Let's go. And I'm like, sick. I can just picture Justin Bieber, you walking up to him in the hallway, he's like scrawny, hood up, probably doesn't want people to see him. Or whatever scarf on his head, and I'm like, nice to see you, nice to see you too. He's like, I'm just like blocking them at my He's like, I am so sorry, sir. You're on a mission, we'll make your game. I'm coming to watch your game. That is awesome, Liz. Oh my gosh, that's a good story. Um, With that, sadly, we have our our best and last question. Um, this is the same one we ask all our guests. Um, but Liz, what is the best, if you can only pick one, piece of advice you would give to all the winning women listening to this episode? This is like probably so corny what everybody says, but I would say the best piece of advice is just to have fun. And like learn what that looks like for you because I really believe the more fun you have, the more energy it gives you to do all the hard things well. And I would be specific with, like, I would define fun as like the intersection of three things, which would be playfulness, connection, and flow. And like learning with like bowling is like not that fun to me, but it's like finding what for Elizabeth is fun. It's like, if I'm in the ocean, like I am in flow with the nature. I'm like connecting to like different energies and like, um, it's playful. Like there's animals that pop up and I'm like almost scared. Like that's like fun for me. So finding whatever that is for each person, the more you can figure that out and then like design your life that every day you're doing something of fun, like five, 10 minutes. Oh my gosh. Like the world would be so much better if people had more fun. And then they'll like, of course things are hard, but like play the next game of like, Oh, it's easy. Like, and then ha- by the time you know it, like it's halfway over, like, okay, you're almost done. Okay. And there's a lot of corny things you could have picked, but I wasn't expecting half fun. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love the, the triad of um, adjective, adjectives. Yeah. Adjectives that you use. That's, that's really good. Yeah. I read a book. I was actually in Australia on loan and I was in a bookstore between flights and I was like the power of fun. And I read this whole book and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is it. Like I've lived my life like this. And I like want to help other people that specifically athletes learn what fun is, how to have it. And then they'll at least get closer to their potential. Cause I feel like some people are so gifted and they never make it. Like Messi is the best soccer player ever. 
I deeply believe there's at least 20 to 50 Messi's out there that just didn't work out for whatever reason. And like in, in everybody's sport, like there's so many great athletes, so, so many injury, family, circumstances, finances, like so many things that could hurt limit you. But if you like learn how to fun and like a slowly, like that's something that you can't control. And then like, it can give you like the, almost the optimism and the enthusiasm to get to the next thing. So good. That's so good. Um, so Liz, last but not least, they can find you at Elizabeth Eddy, right? On Instagram. Yeah. Elizabeth Eddy too on Instagram. And, and then yeah good we'll tag it too so that we can pull thank it you so much this has been so much fun it's our pleasure we were so excited to get you on and hear your story and we'll definitely stay in touch we always say like if we're ever ended up in the same city like we're grabbing dinner it's it's nice. no, Let's no dinner. We'll a game we'll take you lobster diving if you want surfing <laughs> whatever you guys want you guys want to go on the boat we'll go on the boat like let's do it all right yeah, you might regret that in a little a little bit after, Dude, but and, br- and bring your friends if you want. Like, yo, we're in town. My other friends said this. Let's go do it. I'm like, so I like love showing people like things that I just like love because I'm like, I want you to love it because it's really cool and it's in nature and it's kind of scary. Like one of my teammates and like her boyfriend and their kids came on. Like we have a bigger sailboat and like I'm captain, which like, you know my brothers don't <laughs> like, but I'm captain. And we spent like multiple like overnight trip. You sleep on the boat. Rosh sees like a baby. Like you are out there sailing. You get to a destination. Like it's a whole thing, and it's like. And then friends are spearfishing. Then we make ceviche for a meal. Like you're like, this is real life. Like, yeah, it's real life. So like things like that. So like if you're wow. on for, you're in for a weekend in summer, hopefully it works out. You can take you on a boat, bigger boat trip. Otherwise like an afternoon's great. So fun. Hey. Yeah. Count Please on come. it. I'm in. I'm in a Johnny. Let's go. Oh, thank you, Liz. We appreciate this. Me too. Thank you so much for having me. I wish you guys the best and let's definitely keep in contact. Absolutely. Back at you. Back at you. Have a good one.